welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. On this week's show with our friends at Wednesday Bet and Taito Law. Well, look, there's been a lot of reasons to be grumpy recently. There's been a, a lot of negativity, and with good reason. So this week, what we're going to try and do is look at the flip side of things. So we are going to try and find reasons to be cheerful, or at very least, reasons to be hopeful, uh, as we count down to the kickoff of the season. Because, Dom, I mean, this is a little bit scary, but actually, first game is barely a week away now. Yeah, that is the crazy thing, James, that um, the condensed pre-season that we have right now means that um, Wednesday finished, what, the 1920 season four weeks ago, and here we are now, um, with, yeah, a week to go before Walsall in the Cup, and Wednesday, you would think, are going to have to take that pretty seriously, that Cup game, because that might be their only, like, sort of second run out really before Cardiff away um two weeks on Saturday so yeah I think um we'll get a good idea I reckon from the Walsall Cup tie as to what sort of starting 11 Wednesday will pick at Cardiff and the approach the way that Gary Monk will want the team to go about the business yeah absolutely so the way this is going to work is that we are going to take it in turns to put forward reasons to be um, cheerful. We uh, we haven't compared notes. Neither of us know kind of what reasons each other's come up with uh, or how many. Uh, so we don't know how long this is going to last. This might be a five-minute podcast. Who knows? Um, we will we will just see where it goes. So, um, well, I'm a gentleman, Dom, so I'll allow you to go first. So what is your first reason to be cheerful? You're too kind, James. You're too kind. I am going to go for the arrival of the new coaching staff, um, which to me was a big statement by the club that they are fully behind Gary Monk, the transition and um, his vision for the future. And it's also the fact that James Beattie, We've known that Gary Monk has wanted to work for him for ever since he took the job. Uh, And I'm excited to see what, if anything, James Beattie can do with Jordan Rhodes. Um, Can he get the best out of Jordan Rhodes? Can he solve the conundrum that is Jordan Rhodes? As we know that um, the downward spiral that Rhodes has been on not not just at Wednesday, actually, but you can trace it back to Middlesbrough. It's really four and a half years of um, a real steady decline in Jordan Rhodes's goal scoring exploits, performances, and um, and it's as I've said before on the pod, James. It, it's the track record that James Beattie's got with strikers at the other clubs that Gary Monk's worked with. Um, so Chris Wood at Leeds, Lukas Jukovic, and Shea Adams at Birmingham City. So if any man can maybe tap into Jordan Rhodes and get the old Jordan Rhodes um, to come back, then maybe it's James Beattie. But I I think it's important to also mention the other two coaching staff who've come in. Andrew Hughes, as a first-team coach, has never actually worked in a coaching capacity with Gary Monk. But you only have to watch the videos that the club have done 
on their social media platforms. Um, I spoke to Izzy Brown last week, who was raving about Andrew Hughes as a person, the character, what, you know, his coaching methods. So I think that he's going to be a big person behind the scenes for Wednesday. And then, of course, the Daryl you know, and the goalkeeping coach, who um, again goes back years with Gary Monk. Um, so when you're looking for reasons to be hopeful, reasons to be optimistic, uh, I think that um, it's great that Wednesday got some new coaching staff in and that there's been a shake up there. Um, can I just say thank you to uh, Ben Priest, who is a Singing the Blues listener, uh, who uh, did find out for us 66 to 1, the odds that you get on Jordan Rhodes to be uh, the top scorer in the championship in the forthcoming season. Uh, how much have you put on that, Dom? Uh, I was going to sort of play it by ear a little bit, James, and just see how he does in the friendlies and Walsall, the sharpness there. But I tell you what, I, I, it, that really does underline, doesn't it? I mean, joking aside, 66 to 1 for Jordan Rhodes to be the top scorer. Yeah. Who would have thought that five or six years ago? And so that, again, epitomises um, the way that his fortunes um, and things have gone backwards for Jordan Rhodes. Um, and we've talked about the false dawns and is this the time and let's hope maybe it might just be this season, James. So for my first uh, reason to be cheerful, I'm going to go, I'm actually going to go with something that's sort of linked to that because we saw a lot of the new coaching staff popping up on the various videos and stuff that the club have been releasing on social media from pre-season training and from the training camp in the uh, delightfully exotic location of Loughborough. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with um, basically the clear out. So this is uh, shifting some of the um, I'm going to say dead wood, and, and I hope it, that doesn't sound particularly disrespectful, but certainly uh, equally probably uh, disrespectfully sounding here, but clearing out perhaps some of the bad eggs as well. So that is um, just giving the dressing room that shake-up that it, that it needed by some of the people that have just been there for a long time, that may have felt a little bit comfortable, uh, whatever their impact or effect was on the tra- trading room, on the um, dressing room, I, I don't really know. But that feeling that you kind of get from seeing some of that content of this sort of togetherness that now seems to be there. So um, I guess clear out is probably the best way of summing up the... Um, the feeling so it's just moving on there's probably still a couple of players that probably do need to to be moved on but maybe they're not particularly involved with first team affairs this season so maybe it's not a huge issue but but still um that kind of gives me something that that I've not felt for a while and probably back end of last season you got a feeling that Gary Monk was playing with a squad that wasn't wasn't really his and he, he probably wasn't really on top of that team in the way that he would want to be. So um, I genuinely think that, you know, the Walsall game and the first few games of the season will be the first games that we get um, to see this squad with Gary Monk really feeling like he's on top of it, like it's his team and he's been able to do what he wants and there's still work to do there, but, but you know, slightly mould and shape it into the kind of squad that he wants from it and playing the kind of football that he wants to play. So, yeah, my first reason is basically clear out. Well said, James. I like it. Um, and to continue on that, I think my next one will be... Um, 
the clean slate and building on the point that's points that you've just made there. Uh, and I think, um, reconnecting a little bit with the fan base. And this is where I do actually think that Sheffield Wednesday's media team deserve uh, a lot of credit. I think in the last few weeks that it's been great that they've gone behind the scenes. They've been given the time. And I think actually what some people don't realize is that there are certain managers and the way that they operate and the way that they, they go about the business. They don't actually fully embrace always the media team that, you know, they don't want them at the training ground base there, or they don't want them, you know, showing any sort of um, bits inside the training camp where they're giving tactics away or ideas on shape, how the team are going to set up. Um, it, funnily enough, actually Carlos Carvalho, when I went on a training camp in Portugal um, he wouldn't um, allow any sorts of um, pictures that were taken from really close up because he didn't want to give anything away. And, and actually, I think this is where you've got to give a bit of a thumbs up to Gary Monk for granting the media team the access to be able to do their jobs. And I think try and um, reconnect, that's the word, I think, with the fan base uh, and they're actually being able to produce, I think, some great content, you know, really good stuff from um, you know, Fizeu Deli Bashiru, uh, what they've done in Loughborough. Uh, you know, I think it's been a breath of fresh air and I, I think it's helping get that reconnect and then also build up a bit of a feel-good factor again, which I feel as if we'd lost a lot of in the last year or so for everything that's happened on and off the pitch. So I think that's been important. And I, so I think, yeah, the media team and Gary Monk deserve a lot of credit, I think, for um, making that happen, really, of where they're trying to, again, lift spirits, I think. Okay, I've, I've got a reason that's kind of similar to that, linked to that, but a little bit different. So I'm going to do that now. So, um, we have we're in a situation where we can create this sort of feeling around Sheffield Wednesday right now of us against the world. Like we've had a few seasons where we were kind of always going to be one of the favourites to go up, and therefore anything less than finishing in the top six was was going to be viewed as being a negative. Now we're in this situation where half the league wanted us to get relegated because of all the EFL stadium debacle. You know, half the clubs in the league probably hate us now. The the rest of the football world absolutely expects us to get relegated. There, the, the only pressure that's on us is pressure that we put on ourselves. So I think that we can create this sort of us against the world feeling that other clubs have always naturally had you know you look at teams like Millwall and you look at the teams that come up so like you know um, Wickham will feel like it won't they? they'll feel like you know it's it's us against the whole of the, the footballing world in a battle to stay in the championship and, and and we've never really had that because we've always been one of the bigger fish in the pond so we we've got the ability now to actually create that and and the you know psychologically I think that could be a real positive 
for us to kind of be starting without that pressure and everyone sort of being like, well, Sheffield Wednesday, they're going to go down, aren't they? And Gary Monk can use that to his advantage, not just with the players, but with the fan base as well to kind of say, look, we're all in this together. We've all got to, we've all got to kind of like, you know, find a bit of unity to dig ourselves out of this hole to survive and to press on to whatever's going to come next for this football club. Um, and um, I think that that's actually quite powerful. It's something that's really difficult to create out of nothing. You can't just create this spirit of, oh, everyone hates this us against the world. But when you're actually in that situation, which we really are, you know, we are rock bottom of the championship for at least the first probably couple of months of the season. So we can absolutely create that. Um, and I think that could be, if they do it right, that could be a real positive. That's a great point, James, on siege mentality. Um, that's that's what they're looking for, isn't it? And uh, and actually, Gary Monk has always talked, hasn't he, um, about mentality, character, and and particularly siege mentality, as that's what he's always tried to create wherever he's been, whatever club he's managed. And straight away, he'd have sat them down in pre-season, the players, the coaching staff, and said, guys, we're, we're rock bottom of the table. We're minus 12. We need four wins to get to zero. We need 62 points just to stay up to really guarantee survival. So we're up against it and we have got to be united and together. And so to, and, and then building that togetherness. And I think we've seen it with the, the new signings that they've added that. And I think that, yeah, for my next sort of reason for optimism would be the new signings um, and I'm going to be a bit harsh because I'm not actually going to focus on the first new arrival, which was FDB. I really want to put sort of the microscope on Shay Dunkley and I've written about it um, on the examiner website, Sheffield Wednesday section, shameless plug, James, do, do make sure you read it. But I do think that Shay Dunkley is a man that he does ooze captaincy qualities he is a real vocal presence leader i like everything that he stands for the way he's worked his way up through the leagues he's 28 he's he's in the prime of his career he's coming back from a serious injury so we may have to cut him some slack to begin with but in terms of what he brings to the table I think um, you know that could be a really astute signing. And then the one that I, I mentioned it last week, and I say it again, Izzy Brown could be the best piece of business Wednesday do this summer. You get him fit, and you get him playing in his favoured best position. He's uh, he's twenty three. He is just a big talent. You know, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have got the move in the first place to Chelsea if he didn't have you know, you know serious quality on the ball. Uh, and as I said last week, and I'll repeat myself again, it's the fact that with his creative instincts, he take some of the burden, I believe, off Barry Bannon. And so it may free Barry Bannon up, whereas op- you know, opponents at the moment, I think some of them will turn around and go, if you stop Barry Bannon from playing, you're going to go a long way to stopping Wednesday and stopping Wednesday creating chances. Well, now they're going to have two points of attack in midfield in the 3-5-2. And that midfield three, that alone to me would be a reason for optimism, James. There, just point it out. If you get them fit as a unit, Barry Bannon, Izzy Brown, Massimo Luongo, I actually think that should be as good as anything in the championship. Uh, I, I don't think that's... 
um, over the top at all. Yeah, good stuff. Fair points. Um, so I've got I've got two reasons um, left. So uh, the next one, um, in terms of starting on minus twelve, you know, living with a points deduction and how to deal with it. Positive. Gary Monk has been there. He's been through this. So he went through it when he was at uh, Birmingham, um, and you know had to live with that. Um, you know, points deduction. There, the circumstances were different. But the circumstances are always going to be different when you get a points deduction. He will know what effect it can have in terms of um, the effect on the players. Uh, he will know what it can do psychologically. He will also uh, have the line that he can say to the players of, don't worry, I've been there. I know what we're doing. You know, that's just such a powerful thing. I think, you know, players... Um, I think footballers are generally quite simple beings and they go out on a football pitch and they do what you tell them to do. Does it play on players' minds about, oh, we've got this deduction hanging over them? Maybe it does. But then, you know, if they're being given instructions by a manager that says, I've got that, don't worry, I've been there, I know what I'm doing, you don't need to worry about that, you just need to go out and do the job that I tell you. I think that is just... Uh, that that little kind of powerful thing that really starts to become important when you're in this kind of situation because we've seen teams, haven't you, that you know you get a point deduction or something goes wrong and everything falls to bits and it all unravels. And the fact that Gary Monk's kind of got that line in his locker and that experience that just helps keep things together so that we don't have that, you know, we might lose a couple of games at the start of the season. And rather than it just being, you know, end of the world catastrophe, Gary Monk's got the ability to kind of hold all that together because he's kind of been there and done it. I really want to argue with you today, James, but I just can't. I can't bring myself to do it. It, it, it's so valid. It's true that um, he's been there. I'm just going to make a note, a note of the date because this and is the time. Uh, it's, it's, it's true. This is a one-off. This is a... Yeah, this will never happen again. You might as well get this out of the way in pre-season before the real business begins, uh, James. Yeah, so there we are. Um, do you know what? Um, this has just come to me now, uh, and I do think that this is, again, another really good point, that it, the system and the way that Wednesday play, um, with Gary Monk having his first pre-season to work on it, on the on the way that he wants Wednesday to set up, uh, I, you know, it's clear it, it would you know it would seem that they're going to stick with three five two. Now they didn't get the wins, they didn't get the results in that last nine matches of last season with that formation. But I did, I, I still believe, and I, I think you would share the same view, wouldn't you, James? That I thought there were still some positive moments and signs that uh, uh, you know of the of the approach and the way that Wednesday were. Um, you know, trying to go about things. And and now I believe that with him having his own coaching staff in and having the, the, the training camp in Loughborough and this sort of three, four-week period to get the players up to speed uh, with fitness and the tactical information that he's trying to pass on, that I think that's going to greatly benefit Wednesday you know, going in uh, to the new season. And they brought, they bought players to fit the system as well. They haven't just bought players to build up the strength and depth. Uh, they've actually specifically signed Shea Dunkley to play in the middle of a three-man defence. They've specifically signed Izzy Brown to play 
as that sort of number 10 attacking advanced midfielder to join with a front two when we get some strikers in. And then FDB is there to add greater competition. He's one for the future, but he will get his game time this season. There's a strategy there, and I think that's what people will buy into and we can get on board with. Fair points. Are you classing that as a reason? Because that's just kind of like... Was that a comment or a, a specific I don't know, reason? I thought that was a reason. Well, the, 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 I mean, the system, 352. The, the system, the fact that they, all right, okay. Yeah, because, because they've been able to work on it. Right? Bearing in mind, he they were playing, what, 442, weren't they, at the start of Gary Monk's reign, and then he would tweak it to 4411, We know that he tweaked too much, whereas I think now... He's sticking with 3-5-2. He believes that that's the best way to go with the set of players he's got and he's signed players to fit in that system. So yep. this, this, I think it's a sensible way of doing things. And, and I, yeah, so I think that's reasons to be positive, James. Yeah, to be cheerful. Okay, yeah, I know I know what you're saying. Um, and yeah, I, I agree with what you said about the fact that there were signs the back end of the season with with the the changing system that uh, there was there was a, a, a kind of a, a fragility wasn't there to the squad that we we knew was there which meant ultimately it didn't really work but there were signs that make you think well actually with a bit of a change in personnel and with a summer to actually start putting the right kind of thoughts into these players' minds um, and that change in, in mindset that that we know is has been needed at the club um, that. Yeah, maybe the, there could be uh, a much more positive future for that system around the corner. Okay, cool. Um, right, one one final reason for me, unless I think of any more on the fly, um, and that is um, well, it's it's a slightly different one. This, but this is from a supporter's perspective. We have returning to football to look forward to. Um, don't know when it will be. It might be a while before we're back in the stands, but obviously with the club last week asking us to kind of pick out and identify bubbles of fans that we go to games with, um, you know, that's kind of step one towards getting to that point of fans being um, back in the stands, watching football. Feels like a long, long time since we, uh, I was stood at the the back of uh, what is now the old away end at Griffin Park, which will soon be, if not already, rubble. Um, and and that does feel like such a long, long time ago. Um, still feels like it's probably going to be a while before we're back in, uh, in, in the stands at, at Hillsborough. But we've got that to look forward to at some point. So that, for me, is a reason to be cheerful because, you know what, you know, the only way now is forward for football. We're going to be starting the season not there. And at some point we are going to be there. So that's got to be a reason to be cheerful. Here, here, James. Uh, is, uh, you've saved your best points to last. Uh, I think uh, I fully agree with you. I, I did mean to check with you, though. Have you picked up that lovely cardboard cutout of me? Well, I'm not allowed to, Don, because I'm not you. Um, so that's, you know, I'd have to take some identification. You you. So I would, I would have to commit yeah, yeah. fraud. Well, well <laughs> seeing as though it was down to you, James, I feel as if that you should really uh, pick up the baton on this one. 
really. Just if you want, if you want to leave it with me, I can make a few calls, pull a few strings, and we can see whether or not your cardboard cutout couldn't go on a little tour of the world to see some sights. Um, and maybe, you know, there might be a few volunteers that fancy taking it on holiday with them. Uh, and, uh, you know, we could have photographs of it in exotic locations. Um, you know, here, there, and everywhere. If if that's what you prefer, rather than you, you know, taking it home to put it at pride of place on your mantelpiece, be very good for keeping you know children away from the fire and stuff like that. I'm beginning to regret reminding you of the cardboard cutout now. I feel like <laughs> it's coming back to haunt me straight away. Um, my only other uh, sort of reason for optimism and cheerful uh, is again, a, it's an extension, a little bit of the system. And having players that can play that formation uh, is you look at the players that Wednesday have at the disposal in that in those wing back areas, and you would think that Moses Odebajo and Matt Penny are tailor made really for right wing back, left wing back with the attributes and the ability they've got. Um, and I, I think that Odebajo. Um, it wouldn't shock me if he actually gets the nod uh, at the beginning of the season. Um, and, and I did, and I remember QPR away. Um, he had a very good match. Yeah, there are still huge question marks over um, his defensive duties and uh, decision making there, um, positional sense, everything. I get that, but it's a clean slate, James. We're starting again. So Moses Odebajo. Maybe he rediscover the form that he showed all those years ago when Hull got promoted, and we were waxing lyrical about him then when uh, he helped you know, Hull beat Wednesday in the playoff final. And Matt, Pe- Matt Penny, yeah, he had a mixed time in Germany, but as a left wing back, I-, I still remember the way he performed at Villa Park in front of a full house when Wednesday won there under Jos Lukai and thinking. That's his best position. I, I think going forward with his pace, athleticism, everything, uh, he's going to have a job on his hands, I think, to get in front of Kadeem Harris. But I think as a as a backup and a guy who will be a bit of a squad player in and out, it's a big season for Matt Penny uh, entering the final year of his contract. So, yeah, uh, I think those two players, let's see what they can do. I've thought of two more as you've been talking as well. Um, oh. So one is, uh, it's very much kind of linked, I think, to what you were saying there, but one is um, we're seeing a lot of, lot, of, lot of the younger players involved with the first team set up. That can only be good. You know, that's exciting, isn't it? When you see yeah. players that are just an unknown quantity and, you know, we saw um, a couple of them kind of like get, you know, opportunities within the first team at the back end of last season, not in the best of circumstances. So it's great for them to kind of spend the summer being part of the first team, you know, no longer just kind of being like the new kids that are, are kind of drafted in because of a flipping pandemic or something, you know, that are genuinely now feel like they're part of the squad and what role they've got to play moving forward. So I think that's great. And then the other reason that I've got is that um, we've got to play Stoke twice so we could do the double over them. You never know. <laughs> you, you, you've been on fire today, James, until that last point. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all going so well. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no, that's a great point about the youngsters there. Very true um, that we've seen 
I, I think it must be over a third of the squad in Loughborough right now are academy players. And there will be quite a few. Yeah, we're, we're going to get another, I think, four or five new signings, we hope, b- between now and October the 5th when the deadline is. But, I, I, you know, you look at Josh Render, he's p- been promoted to the third choice goalkeeper now that Paul Jones has gone and Kieran Westwood is training with the under-23s. Um, and Charles Hagen, young striker, he's you know he's working with James Beattie, who was a top top player uh, in his playing career. He played for some good clubs, played for England. So if he if you can't learn off James Beattie, um, then you, you might as well you might as well pack it in. I suppose um, is is the way you view it. Um, so yeah, I, I I am encouraged by that, um, and I think that it, it's great that. So many have gone to Loughborough and their benefit from that experience. And yeah, hopefully we're going to see a few more academy players given opportunities this season and they'll do well. Cool. Are we are we out of reasons? Is that it? I think we've done pretty well between us there. I think there's some, some good reasons. I'm hoping there are people that are listening that have maybe been a little bit down about stuff that even if there's just a couple of things there that you think, oh, actually, yeah, yeah, just just mm. kind of maybe a little bit more excited about the the season or feeling just that little bit more optimistic about things as a result of uh, of, of some of the stuff that we've talked about there. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. Oh, so, James, the only other thing I would add, actually, and throw in there is um, is home form. So when fans actually come back and start seeing the team, uh, the home form can only get better. It can only improve. It, it can't be any worse than what it has been in the last eight, nine months. I know that sounds like I'm clutching. <laughs> it's true. That's but, a weird reason, isn't it? Reasons to be cheerful. It can't get worse. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I thought, you know, we'd end on another big positive there. Yeah, well... Yeah, I, I didn't want to mention four wins in the last 23, James. I thought you were, were going to mention that, being the, the doom and gloom merchant that you are. And I do really think <laughs> that you wanted to... I do feel like you wanted to do this podcast because you felt bad that you have been the negative one for the last month or so. Uh, and so that's why I feel like th- there was a specific tactic here of why you wanted to do this, James. But I think it's good that we've done it. And I do actually think that a lot of people would support and agree with what we've had to say. I hope so. (laughs) Yeah, cool. All right. Well, thank you very much. And um, yeah, I mean, next time we chat next week, we'll be on the eve of the, the first kind of proper game of the, season which has um come round very 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 quickly so uh, I, I i get the feeling there's probably plenty to happen between now and then so there'll be a lot of talking points to come uh when we uh, get together uh, next week uh when we will have another guest with us which will be uh which will be fun uh, in the meantime you can catch dom at dom Housen. i'm at james marriott or contact the show at dom and james thank you to our gold partners title law who you can find at titlelaw.co.uk and wednesday bet which is available to download on your smartphone right now thank you for joining us if you like seeing the blues please rate and review the show in your podcast app up the owls and we'll see you next week (laughs) 